Beware, this podcast is not a news or journalistic source for information. This is for entertainment purposes only, with solid viewpoints from two guys that are brutally honest about the things that you all are too scared to say or discuss. Please like and subscribe to our page for more engaging content. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Wits End Podcast. I am your host, Devin Witt, alongside my dad, Joe The Show. And uh, today, we're kind of doing a, a part two about the uh, why our church is dying. And this time, I kind of wanted to take a step back from the churches and kind of talk about the people themselves. So I really wanted to start with basically, why are people actively choosing to not follow God and you know, basically act on their own free will rather than uh, become religious or join a church or, or some type of organization that's higher than themselves. Well, I think you said it yourself. You said, that why aren't they acting on their own free will? That's what they, that's what they're doing. That's why they're not doing, it's why they're not doing that type of stuff. Okay. Yeah. And that, that does, I, I guess I did kind of word that wrong. Uh, I guess, why are people choosing free will over following God? Well, I mean, the the Bible, for the most part, today's society, you know, I mean, there, there's good preachers out there, don't get me wrong, but for, I, I, you know, I will say, like the vast majority, um, they, they, they offer not the true gospel. I mean, you know, um, it's a, definitely a watered-down form of it. Um, most people, they go into church, you know, on Sunday mornings, you know, and they're, they're praising worship and singing. And if you really listen to the context of a lot of the songs today, they're not really about praising and worship God. It's more about me, me, I type things. And so, you know, it's really hard to sit there and say, you know, go to church for God when really, even when you're at church, that's not what it's about. And yeah, that's actually kind of spot on. I can't say I've ever really taken a step back and thought about that, but that is definitely the case that you listen a lot more and it is kind of about the individual and what they're going through rather than just trying to praise or glorify God, right? Uh, which is something way different from even 10 years ago. But I, I think to kind of take it a step further than that in today's world with how complicated it is with how much information is out there. Uh, it's almost like information overload for a lot of people in the sense of, you know, you have so many different religions, you have so much that's just going on in the world at any given moment that it's almost like, how do you take the time to, try and pursue a relationship like that mm -hmm. and so you know it sounds bad but i feel like people would rather just like they don't show up to vote they'd rather not choose to hear anything about god or try to better themselves or uh take on a faith like that just because it's like oh it's just another thing to do you know whereas hey i, I know not to kill anybody i know not to steal you know be a good person this and that you know so they they kind of feel like they don't need them because they're already doing the right thing well as i said i said that last week you know in some fashion that there's people that um say i'm a christian and, and there's no basis for it other than you know and what it gets down to is you know why well you know i go to this church i go to that church and that doesn't make you a christian you know so you know so you know people's understanding or what people understand to be a christian is not right either. So, so that's the thing, you know, so you have a lot of people that say they are. So this vast majority of people say they're Christians when in fact they're not by no standards, by anything biblical. It's not about, Oh, you're judging people. No, I'm not. I'm weighing against what the Bible says. They're not Christians, but they say they are. So, you know, the numbers are obviously way skewed. You know, the other thing when it comes to, you know, to Christianity within itself is there's so many denominations that, yeah, it is confusing to people. 
um, especially younger people, um, you know, getting in church, going to church. You know, if they grew up, say, you know, Methodist or, or Wesleyan Baptist, they're more than likely they're probably going to stick with that, uh, you know, up until later on. And, you know, fundamentally, you know, they should be all the same, you know, but, you know, there's some that's that's not. So don't don't confuse whenever you sit here and say Christianity that I'm lumping every one of them in because that's not the case. Well, and I'm kind of glad you bring up that there is different denominations out there and there's so many that it can be confusing. And I feel like the simplest answer to why that is, is people don't like to be wrong. And so over time, you know, churches break up and people decide, hey, you know what? I'm who's right here, so I'm just going to start a new church. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, right there within the, within the self, you know, you talk about, you know, give you a Bible lesson that talks about the, the bride of Christ, the, the church. Um, and yet, you know, these churches have splits over things. I'm not saying there's not times where there's, unfortunately, uh, that those things aren't warranted um, on things. But, uh, you know, a vast majority of churches, that's not the case. They split over because they didn't like the way somebody's doing this or somebody that. Again, my answer to that was the same thing I told you last week, you know, that um, the church is made of people. So it's going to be, you know, have some errors in it. Right yeah, flaws. Um, you know, next to that, you start looking at people, they get in fights over, well, this, this room should have been painted this color or chairs. And I've seen, I've seen people get, you know, split churches over stupid stuff like this. And so it only teaches it division, you know, and as far as I'm concerned, people can take it for what it is. I really don't care what your opinion on it, prove me wrong. And I'll shut my mouth up about it. But the bottom line of it is those things are from Satan and you allow it to happen. You split a church, you're split, you're started. And so another way to look at it is this, you're splitting a church. Okay, fine. But then you start another church off of problems because that's why they originated from, and you expect you expect it to be successful. Well, and to kind of take it a step further too, you know, whenever you step out and you start a new church, all you're doing is just hurting the church in general because now you're going to have to pull people that were going to church there, but maybe they like you a little bit more, so now they're going to your church, and so it's like you're not really fixing the problem because all you're doing is just making people choose right. who they you know, want to appease. And in the end, all that's going to do is just give the church overall a, a bad reputation of, mm -hmm. hey, you have people who basically get their egos hurt or whatever, and because of that, they're going to go out and do their own thing. Whereas if you just worked it out and said, you know what, I don't care what color it is, Kathy. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> the thing of it is, again, you know, I said the thing it is, thing it is, thing it is. I mean, it's repetitive. I mean, this is so repetitive that the people make this situation um, so, so much complicated, way more complicated than what it needs to be, you know, and it is, it's, it's so simple. I mean, it's so simple, but complicated. The church is made up of people. That's the problem. And yeah, I go to church, you know, it's not like I don't go and it sounds like I'm sitting here, you know, harping on you know, like how bad the churches are. No, I'm just pointing out these are the problems and people need to take a, you know, chill pill on some of these things and just realize, hey, you know, people make mistakes, you know, and, and you know, it's kind of ironic that, you know, just last Sunday, you know, we were talking about that in church, you know, you know, about, you know, just simplify, you know, you without sin cast the first stone. Well, there you go. I mean, literally just learned, you know, or not say just learned it. I've learned that in a long time ago. <laughs> but, you know, we just we went over that again in Sunday school not too long ago. And that's a simple thing here. You know, everybody's so quick to let's break up the church. Let's split this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's, you know, because we or didn't they get our need way. To go. But I'm like, since when are you perfect? You know, again, just that scripture says itself. 
if you don't have no sin, then you that cast the first stone, you know, and, and what it would be was just like that, that Bible story is, you know, one by one, they left and the only people that was left there was Jesus and the woman. And oftentimes, not oftentimes, I think many times that would happen in these situations that people would take a self-examination first and then come into the play, you know, that they probably, you know, not, not have so much to say. Well, I feel like that's been a flaw, you know, throughout human history of you don't want to be wrong. You know, whether you're arguing with your spouse about, uh, you know, who's supposed to give the kids a bath tonight or, you know, financial troubles, whatever, you know, like you, you just kind of defend yourself. And Mm -hmm. it's something that, especially with your ideas and your beliefs, those are the things you defend the most, which really shouldn't, because if someone has a better idea than you, you should be humble enough to say, Hey, that's better. And I'm going to adopt that idea instead of holding on to my own, you know, self problems. Uh, and then to kind of take it a step further to the other area where the church goes wrong. is So like, rather than focusing on things that are important, like grounding people in their faith, especially young people, uh, I want to say the statistic I looked at said something like 60% of atheists start out going to church as a child, but then mm-hmm. as they develop into an adult, they leave and don't come back. And I feel like that's because the faith was more so pushed on them more than it was like a self-acceptance of this is who I actually am or who I want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pray the prayer, get baptized, whatever, and go through right. these motions, and that's good enough. And that doesn't stick for the long term, especially whenever you face real questions, real problems. Well, I mean, to some degree, yeah. I mean, there's several things on, on that alone that, you know, why why they don't come to church or, you know, one, some people, and it is, Christianity is just some people, it's just a check in the box. You know, I went to church, totally. check. Yeah. I went to church on Wednesday, check. I prayed today, check. It's nothing more than that. Um, you know, what they were brought up in, I don't know, it's hard to say, you know, but, you know, that's one, that's one reason. And other reason, I think a lot of it too is, is there's these standards, you know, that I believe the Bible, you know, lays out. And some people just seem like, yeah, yeah, it's not for me. And, you know, you can say right, wrong, or indifferent. You do, we know right and wrong. Yeah. But you know, they're like, Hey, well, this whole sex before marriage thing, hmm, not for me, you know, or Hey, cussing it, not for me, you know, whatever, yeah, whatever that's it is. a huge part of it. I, or like, Oh, I can't drink alcohol exactly. or I can't go to this event or, you know, all these like things that you just start thinking about what you can't do. Mm. And I know that's probably bigger than, the thought of going to hell, I think that's what holds more people back from, from trying to become a Christian and better their lives and start to go down that path is because who wants to do that? Right. You know, it's fun to party. It's fun to cuss and do all these things, but is it productive? And Mm -hmm. that's the real question you have to ask yourself. Like long-term, is this better for me than the alternative option? And most of the time it's not. Right. Well, I mean, there's several things. I mean, people, you know, take the you know, Christianity, you take the flip side of it. We talk about heaven and hell. You know, I think the majority of Christians, um, man, they can't take a sermon over that. I can guarantee you that. Most of them can't. They don't want to hear it. Um, they only wanted the, you know, the Bible talks about, t- you know, uh, messages that uh, just tickle the ears of the hearer. And that's what a lot of places are on Sunday morning. They're going to tell you that a lot of pastors will not, you know, have the guts to sit up there and preach the whole council. I've said that before. Um, and especially when it comes to preaching a sermon over hell, um, one, people don't want to hear it. And two, despite what people can say, and I can argue this pretty definitively and pretty easily, it's an easy concept. 
people don't believe in hell. That's the thing. And I know for the most part, people believe in heaven. People don't believe in hell. And most Christians, and I would say the vast majority, 90 plus percent, don't believe in hell. And I can prove that. And I'm going to prove it to you right now. If you believed in hell, a place where people burn, people, you know, eternal torment, eternal what, the, what the Bible says, you know, the Bible even uses words, you're damned. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Exactly. So if it's such a bad place and Christians actually believe in, like, this is real. How come you're not t- trying to get people not to go there? Every day. Uh-huh. I mean, if it's such yeah. a bad place, as the Bible says it is, and, and you believe that. It's not that, it's not that the Bible is wrong. That's what I'm saying. If you believe it in the context of what the Bible says, you have one. You don't believe it enough to be telling people about Jesus. You're not, you're not scared of it. You're not worried about or you don't care that they go there. Which one is it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely kind of an either-or in that situation because the reality of it is if you're not willing to share, then what are you? Well, I'm saying, you know, lukewarm. If, uh-huh. if, if the Bible is so impactful and you believe these things, why would you not? That's common sense. You know, so let's say they say the atheists. You know, atheists, and this, is, this has been debunked before. You know, people say, because I've talked to atheists before, you know, and it's simple. You know, not all of them. We're going to go to hell. No, I'm not the Bible. If, if you're an atheist and you don't believe in hell, then why would it matter if I say you're going there or not? Because you don't believe in it. See, they get all offensive about it. So, so there's a sense of, you know, and, and I'm not, hey, don't uh, don't say, oh, Joe coined this phrase. That's a, that's a good one. No, I didn't. That's been used before. Um, <laughs> that is a good one. So, you know, and some of atheism, what is atheism? You know, you look at that, you look at Christianity. What is Christianity? You know, I have a definition of it, but you look at the worldly definition, it's two different things. Atheism, a, to me, atheism is just a, a poor excuse um, to get maybe get things started with people. It's a poor excuse for people that's lost in their own little mind and don't know any different. And you're something. Now, now, if you just want to say, hey, I worship Satan at the end of the day, then call it what it is. Well, then you're Satanist, you know? so it's a different thing. Yeah, but, but you know, I, I don't believe in Most, I don't believe in this thing. Like, oh, there's nothing out here. It's just, I, what did you, okay, where did you come from? Explain that. If you're going to say, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God. Okay, that's fine. How did you come into existence? All right, I'm going to give my best take on why people are, are atheists. Number one, I think if I was going to define atheism without Google in front of me, it would be something along the lines of most believe in a higher power, you know, some advanced form of creation, whatever. Uh, they just don't think it's what we think of as God today. Uh, so it's not that they don't have any belief at all. It's just they don't know quite what to believe or they think it's something else than what we've been told or or just view it as. And mm-hmm. then I guess to kind of take it a step further, you know, ultimately you're dealing with people that they don't want to ratify their, or <laughs> I'm trying to think of the right words here. They're not trying to radicalize their lives in such a way where they have to drastically change. Mm-hmm. Once someone's comfortable, they feel good about what's going on. They get into a pattern. They don't want to change. And, I feel like if you look at what Jesus was talking about throughout his entire time here on earth, it was get ready to be uncomfortable and to push yourself and do things that is going to leave you persecuted and probably dead. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't sound appealing to anybody. It's not supposed to. But the point of it is, is like, I I feel like that's just another kind of nail on the coffin per se of in today's world where everything's handed to you and it's instant gratification you know, and if you can't see it, it doesn't exist. Or if you don't have video proof, how am I supposed to believe you? 
religion just keeps on taking more and more of a backseat in people's lives because, you know, you, you live in a world where, in a sense, you know, you have godlike technology mm-hmm. right there in front of you. You know, why do I need to believe in a guy that I can't see or pray to someone that, you know, may or may not answer my prayers? You know, like there's all these different things that people are thinking of that as a result, they just don't want to push through and, and make that choice. And it's like, well, it's whatever choice can you they blame make, them? You know, I'm not going to sit there and say that, because um, this, this is not about I'm trying to convert people and stuff like that. You, the, you know, the, the question was posed of what's wrong with the churches? What's wrong with the people? And, you know, some of those, you know, however you phrase those things. And this is some of those things. People are confused. Yeah. Um, you know, 100%. you look at the stuff coming from, you know, people. People are just ignorant. I did want to. I wanted to bring something up that is kind of related, but it's not. I was scrolling through Twitter and I see this video of a pastor getting up there and saying that trans, like the act of being trans and stuff, is actually a holy thing, and that Jesus was a mother hen to his flock, thus meaning that he was man and woman, and so us as individuals should be able to be fluid in our gender identity. And this is coming from a guy in the pulpit. You know, I've retweeted it on my account, but it blew me away because it's like, that's the kind of stuff that adds layers to people being confused. It's like, where does that come from? Please show me that in the text because I I don't think you'll find it. No, it's it's there. Not not saying that trans is holy. Here's here's what's in the text. It will come to you. You 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 come to you dressed as. Oh, I'm trying to help you out here. Okay, wolf in sheep's clothing. There you go. So having concern there. Yeah. So no, it's there. You know, it's it's just uh, not quite what you thought I was going to go with that. No, it's not. (laughs) Not I mean, that's that's what it is. You've got people um, taking you know biblical scripture and see the thing of it is you know hey if this guy wants to say that and and believes this stuff then you know start your cult do your thing you know because. You know, that's the thing. It's it's such a skewed vision of Christianity. You know, start your own, you know, thing. Do your own thing and just say, hey, this is what I believe. You know, not this is what the Bible said. You know, no, because the Bible also says we're going to be, you know, preachers and teachers be held to a higher standard um, for those things because you're teaching. You know, no, I don't believe that, but you're right. I'm not going to get into debating on whether right, wrong, or different because that's not what this is about. No, that guy is screwed up. Um, um, fallacy. Um, Heresy, false, yeah. false teacher, yeah, 100%. Um, however you want to word it, um, stone him, and so <laughs> right, you know, and that's so that's one of the things you're right. So people's confused. That's that's what I'm getting at there. People's confused yeah. with that. You look at the people that you know. What I was saying a minute ago, you know, the world's flat to the world's round to now. You know, did we land on the moon? Did we not? You know, these are like little conspiracies. But that's that's see that's a thing. You know, people believe this stuff like you know it, it's insane and and so when you start to question that you start questioning like your intelligence like are you that you know dumb yeah, out there you know uh-huh. like you know i can understand and i'm gonna say this and leave it alone i could understand the whole did we land on the moon i'll leave it at that there's definitely some things maybe back and forth yeah i'm saying like okay now the world's flat to oh the dinosaurs but the dinosaurs prove you know the millions millions of years ago no, it doesn't. It doesn't prove anything, and it doesn't disprove anything. So since I already went there, because that's a big one too, why is that such a big deal? For one, you know, this whole it, – it's it's two things. you got dinosaurs and evolution, and they both kind of actually go hand in hand if you look at it, you know, depending on how you look at it. But let me, so let me say this first with those two things. You've got people 
talking evolution, stuff like that. Who's doing it? It's the scientists. That's who's pushing this stuff. You know why? That's primarily what they believe. Now, I'm no no uh, paleontologist. I'm not a scientist. I'm not, I'm not all these things, but I got enough education in working in labs to know this. In order to have a standard, you got or a known stand, you got to have a known standard to validate something. Well, it doesn't matter if testing pH is your different chemicals. You have to have a known standard to get to that point. So carbon dating, I throw that completely out the window. I think there's some accuracy in it, but we can't go back 2 million years. We don't have anything that, oh, we can't, you can't tell me that we can carbon date that and be that accurate because we have no known standard. Scientists should know that. Okay. Chemists, you know, whatever they should know that there's no known standard, but that could be argued because, Hey, everybody's going to say, well, you don't have a degree. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, explain this one then. Okay. So evolution and, that, and this plays in dinosaurs too, or you can play the monkey theme if you want to as well, whatever you think we derive from or, um, uh, the dinosaur side is what, you know, are they millions of years ago? Okay. Here's, here's the problem with that. If something is evolving, it's going to be constantly changing. And that constant change could be a day or a week or two or, you know, a month. They've uncovered all these dinosaurs and, and monkeys too. You know, I'm, I'm kind of going both. If these things were in the process of evolving or have evolved over the years, how come we don't have something that has been fossilized that was evolving? Like in the process of it? In process of evolution. Because the thing of it is, if they were evolving over these times, and whether it started at day one and the dinosaurs died one million years later, they're still evolving. There would still be accounts of that dinosaur, that whatever, that monkey, that dead whatever it was, in the process of evolving. You'd have this basically eh, funky-looking lizard, to now it's got wings, to now it's got... Six, whatever. I'm, you know, there's stupid examples, but yeah. you would see this process of a level evolution frozen time in those fossils, just like everything else. And they would also be continually evolving. And that doesn't happen. That didn't happen. It's still not evolving today. So that theory, despite what people would argue, that's, that's, that's completely out of the picture. That's where I was going to go with it is I don't think I'm, I can't think of any examples like in recent history, recorded history, where you can actually see like, this animal evolved into this animal. Right. And, you know, like we saw that. It started out as cave paintings here, and here's this animal today. You know, whatever. And that to me is extremely important because the other half to it, too, is like, does it matter? You know, why can't you have both? Why can't you have someone who created dinosaurs, evolution, and all these different things, and also be God? Mm-hmm. You know, why do you have to try and complicate it so much? Because the right. thing of it is... I, the universe is the answer and the question is what is the meaning of life so you look around obviously the universe tells you that's the answer everything around you but that doesn't leave that doesn't satisfy the question you know it, it's not a, a very good answer and so as humans as we progress you know you're going to see it more and more come out which i'm thankful for as far as how did we end up here what are our real origins and I think it's going to give people a lot of clarity into what kind of faith we should be having in things spiritually higher than us. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, again, that's just, those are just a couple of examples of why pe- there's confusion. Because even explain, you know, even explain, it's kind of like, 
got to track with me here and train of thought. It's confusing. And people, as bad as it sounds, you know, people make their, you know, decision off Christianity or, you know, other religions too, I would assume, off things like that. Like well, whether the earth is 2 million years old, does it, does it matter? And yeah, it doesn't. And that's the thing. That's what people need you know, to like, get a grip on. But I feel like if we're going to talk about controversial questions, the biggest one out of them all is why does God take people early, great people that had so much to offer the world, and then also leave piece of by crap out standards? there? By whose standards? By our standards. By your, yeah. see, there you go, by your standards. You know, see the thing why would you is, want to hurt people that you love and care about you know, in a, in a society? Or why would you take a, a mother away from their children or, you know, a father, have him die in a horrible accident and now he can't protect his family or whatever. Like, why would these situations be created, you know, if he is a loving God? Well, and that's all, I feel like that's the bigger question than evolution or anything people else. People confused on it. And it's, it's really, it's, it's complicated, but it's simple. Um, and people ain't gonna like my answer. I, I know they're not. Um, is because the same thing I said before, people. God gave us choice. God gave us a choice. Now, the thing of it is, you know, I get behind a, a, a vehicle and I'm drunk. That was my choice. Okay. Because humankind makes choices. Other people will pay the consequences sometimes. You know, the other thing that we don't understand, and again, people don't like my answers, but I don't know that God's intervention wasn't needed. Maybe it was, maybe somebody died at an early age. I don't know why that you know God chose them. It's it's easy to set there and say, I don't know, I don't know, but maybe God needed them for something else, or to maybe teach God prevented, else. yeah, teach somebody something else. Yeah. Maybe God was, you know, um, the one situation that I've been faced with here recently is, you know, given a situation, I'm not going to say too much about it, but why did God take such and such person this early? Well, you know, maybe it was just for the sheer fact they couldn't do it. Maybe they just like, you know, God, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. You know, and they pray about it and they pray about it. And, you know, whether, whatever their problem is. And God's like, okay, I've got a fix for this. You know, and, and, you know, everybody would say, well, that's not, that's, well, maybe it is because that person is struggling with whether it could be alcohol, it could be drugs. We'll just, we'll say it's drugs. You know, that person's struggling, struggling, struggling. And God just like, okay, I hear, I heard your prayer. You, you keep asking for help, asking your help. How I'm going to help you is take you out of this, take you out of this world. Sounds harsh. <laughs> it is, but if you look, at, but if you begin, if you're a Christian, you believe what the Bible says. You're in paradise. You know, no more pain, no more suffering. So there's one thing. And the other side of it is, people would argue that well, I can't believe you'd say, "Why?" Because God answered his prayer. Yeah. No, uh, what I mean, now? Yeah. Well, and you know, that's the thing. You got to be careful. And people, I say this to people when you're praying and stuff like that, not to scare people, not to shy people, but you better be careful what you pray for because sometimes it comes true. Yeah, no, and I guess the point that I was going to get at with it is from the angle of most of the time, the people whose lives end early or, you know, have a dramatic impact on family and friends around them, it usually serves a greater purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you see it all the time in, in documentaries and uh, interviews and stuff like that where someone will say, I had XYZ tragedy happen to me where I lost such and such person right and before they passed they said this or they showed me how to do that and now look at me today mm -hmm. and to me that's about the the most powerful thing that comes out of it but it's so intense to go through that that you can't help but question uh society structure and and how uh, that realm works 
And so you just kind of come to this conclusion of, you know what, it's better to just not mess with it at all. You know, right. just to continue being isolated or choosing not to have faith because well, of bitterness. See, the thing of it is, you said, you know, this person got took early. And that's, that's the thing. People got to look at this for what it is. And again, by whose standards? You look in, people are going to quote me on this, Second Peter 3, 8, I believe. Maybe three nine. I think it's three eight. Anyway, with the Lord, a, th- um, um, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. You know, we've heard that before. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, this person may have lost their life at say seven years old, but isn't if you look at that as one day, a thousand years, seven years is just a kick in the bucket. It's nothing. Yeah, it's not. And so your whole life you look at it is like our perspective is like, oh, they got took early. They got took early by God's standards, like. You just barely had a breath. I mean, really, it's a thousand, you know, one day is like a thousand years. And so you look at the, you know, you look at this stretch of eternity. um, And again, what I've said before, people that say they're Christians, do they really believe what the Christianity, what Christian is? Because again, if if person really believe these things and they wholeheartedly, I mean, this is what they live for, they strive for, it wouldn't be like, God, why did you take them? Why, you, sure, you're going to be upset. You're going to maybe have questions, but you know, you're not going to be like bent out of shape about it. You're going to know like, okay, you know, for whatever reason, this was God's timing, like God's hand was in this, you know, whatever else. And I, and I'm serious. If people, will actually take the time and do that and quit complaining and crybabying about it, I think God will show them the answers. You know, I know I'm harsh in my words, but, you know, the thing is, I've been down this road um, more than once, and I feel like God showed me the answer to that. You know, yeah, I was asking very persistently. Um, I felt like I had an answer for that. So I, I would assume and have to say that if God does that for me, I don't know why I'm not special. Like, I don't know why he wouldn't answer that in due time for somebody else. The only other thing I guess I would say, the reason why today's world is so rough as far as do you trust religions or not, and because I feel like this is a big point that we just kind of overlooked, but false messiahs, people coming in and saying, hey, I'm Jesus, I'm the second coming, you know, and they perform these miracles and all these things. Almost every time, you know, there's some nasty guy. Yeah, but I can get Penn and Teller to do that. Nothing against Penn and Teller, the magicians. You know, there, was it Chris Angel? Same thing. You're saying getting, you know, there's well, not magic there, tricks. You know? I'm talking like uh, everyone knows what time it is. Like if you're not swamped in it, you know, you see them lay a hand on somebody and uh, well, it, it is. It, but is that a miracle? No, it's not. But, but it's, it's a shame. It is. It will. And to some, and the, there's a sect of people that believe in that. And the thing of it is, there's biblical text. He talks about laying in hands, you know, healing and stuff like that. It's biblical. It's there. Um, people have taken something out of scripture and, and use it to for monetary gain. But then they, is. The, but here's how you also know it's fake though too, because then they go and lay those hands on young girls or young boys, mm-hmm. and so like they start to expose themselves behind the scenes that you know right. they they try to live yeah, this high you life. You know, and that's the thing. It is. It's, it's confusing, and it, and it leads it leads people astray. You know, like I'm not going to sit here and say that some of that stuff that, well, I'm not going to say some, you know, is, is legitimate because I believe that it legitimately can happen. It's biblical. 
but the thing of it is, what, and I understand what you're saying, and you're seeing this stuff on TV where people are just sitting in a line and people are just yeah. getting cured of everything left and right, and I don't believe that for one second, and yeah. I'm going to tell you why, even if it was for monetary gain. If somebody had that power, you'd have a line from here to the end of the earth from people lining up with broken bones, with cancer, with AIDS, hepatitis, you name it, be standing in line and say, touch me and heal me. Yep. Sorry. And the, and the government, real. The government wouldn't let you do that, man. You'd be in an no, underground they tax facility. You. They tax you on it. They find a way, <laughs> oh you know, they'd have an no, excise you'd be, tax you'd on You'd be underground, Dad. So, you know, like, again, I'm not saying it's not real, but, you know, there is. That adds to confusion because there's, you know, the sheep in wolf clothing is what I've said. And the thing of it is the Bible warns us about these things, false prophets, false teachers, stuff like that. Yeah, they're out there. That's why the the, the health, wealth, prosperity, you know, like, and again, it confuses people because, you know, the, the premise of the message is, well, if you pray for it, God's going to give it to you. You know what? No, he's not. You go pray for a million dollars, and I can assure you it's not going to just pop up on your living room counter. It's not going to. He's not He's not a Harry Potter. He doesn't have a magic wand and wave it over people because they ask something. It just doesn't work that way. And that's one of the reasons why people don't trust prayer is because you go to church, and that's what gets pushed down your throat. Yes, is, it does. Hey, pray this prayer. Say this thing. You know, whatever. Project this into your life, and it's going to happen. And then it doesn't. And now you just threw, you know, your tithe and your offerings at this mm-hmm. church while they're feeding you a line of crap. Well, I know I agree. It's like I said, it's just exactly like I said, it's not Houdini. He's not going to pull a rabbit out of a hat because you call and, hey, God, hey, you know, by the way, you know, I can't pay my bills, you know, like I could use an extra thousand bucks this week. Huh. Well, maybe if you didn't, were an alcoholic, you wouldn't have that problem. And I'm not saying that that, but I'm saying, you see, we, it's like self-inflicted. And then we just, you know, would be drugs. It's like, hey, you know, I smoked all my crack this week, and I need, can I get a hundred bucks more? Well, people, yeah, that's that's not what the health, wealth, prosperity is. You're right; they're not praying for drug money or alcohol money or or whatever else, prostitution money, whatever one you throw out there. But they're praying for good things. So, like, we can, God, I need this so I can feed my family. I need, yeah, it sounds better when you say Steak it like that. And shrimp. No, I was going to say, you know, say like that. I tell the pastors these churches, you've got a and and you know, and I'll call it out for it is Joel Osteen. You have a stadium size. You're a millionaire. You're packing a an arena out on Sunday mornings. You want to you want to play God because that's what you do, or you don't do. We could say that you help all these poor people. Let them get into your bank account. Yeah, and see what's going on. That didn't happen. Well, I give to this. I give to that. Nah, you're not going without, buddy. You're not. And he never has. Well, yeah, so, I was going to say ten uh, percent for the big guys. What comes to my mind whenever someone's asking God for uh, money? You know, I was like, "Hey, I'll give a little bit back." You know, give him God his, his cut. <laughs> well, but you look at the, the thing of it is, you know, I mentioned that person in particular. You know, you look at these situations. You're right. You look at the. You ain't a church, or you know, I understand population too, but the, the churches ain't getting packed out like that. It's because it's 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 false teachers. It's false thing. You know that that stuff is not in the Bible. It's not biblical. But people, you know, people believe it. You know, and so they're confused. They are they are man. Their brains are washed. And and just like I said a minute ago, I alluded just kind of jokingly, but people probably didn't catch. That. I was kind of serious too about being a cult. Uh, well, and that, that was actually going to be like one of the last things I was going to say is mega churches are designed to fail just because for the simple fact that they only take in people's money. They have a generic message that's like, feel good, have you coming back next Sunday, but they don't give you any kind of real meat to how to live your life and how to better yourself. They mm-hmm. just keep giving you the the kind of health, wealth, prosperity side right. of things. And that's poisonous to 
large cities and groups of people whenever it comes to being introduced to Christianity and all you see is some guy in a Gucci suit, you know, in front of 20,000 people right. trying to tell you how to live your life humbly. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd venture to say, and I, I'm pretty sure this would be easy to, easy to prove, but you know, pastors should be doing, you know, you know, leading the flock. Um, you know, as deacon elders, depending on, you know, where your belief lies, it doesn't really matter either way, but you know, helping them along the way, doing whether it be weddings, funerals, visiting people in, in the hospital, nursing homes. I'd, I'd love to see one of these mega pastors actually do that. Consistently. Yeah. No, they, and they don't. Not their assistant. You know, like, yeah. let's let's be real here, you know, like, you know, because I've been on both sides of this, or it doesn't take seven days to prep a sermon. <laughs> I would challenge, and I don't care what the pastor is, I don't care what church he preaches, I don't care how big or how small, I would challenge, it does not take seven days a week to do that. You know, we'll I'll do it on Wednesday night, Sunday nights. Okay, three. I'll give you three. It doesn't take that long. Now, I understand it, it takes time and prayer and a lot of things, and people could argue it doesn't take seven days a week. You need to be leading your flock. See, that's the problem. People, people know the Bible. Man, you can go to most people. They've been to vacation Bible school. They've been to Sunday school. And, you know, because, yeah, what's the problem with the church? And that is one of the problems with churches. It's the pastors. They don't lead. They're there for money. They're there for <laughs> clout, you know, whatever you want to call it. And they're not there for the right reasons. They're not leading their flock. But who wouldn't want to be a pastor? You know, like if I'm, you know, in charge of, say, a church like Dewey, and, you know, you're the, the kind of the bee's knees of religious people in town. You're the figure. They see right. you every Sunday. You know, you got authority. You're kind of locally famous you're getting paid to get up there and talk to them and tell them how to live like there's a lot of perks to being a pastor that i think kind of gets to people's heads i've been on uh, that side of it i don't like it yeah no, it's I not what it's cracked up to be uh, pastors are doing it you know, right like they're just not i mean it's, it's a lot of dealing with people's nonsense i mean and it takes us and i believe it not believe it's biblical too it's a calling um, and I've said it before, you know, yeah, have I taught, have I went out and done things? Yes, I have, but I am not called to be a pastor. I am not because I do not have the patience nor want to have the patience for it. And, and, and that's, you know, but I can't believe, well, that's, that's, but that's a good thing. It's like, I recognize, Hey, that's not my calling. Can God change that? Certainly can, but that's not where I'm at. It's not where I've been. Um, but people don't maybe not catch those things. And like I've said it before, you know, like there's signs. I, I, I think, you know, like the pastor that's been in like, you know, every church within a freaking five mile radius around here, like God is not calling you away. He keeps calling you go here. Oh, there's a problem. You need to go to this one. Then you go to that one. You go to that one. I'm like, no, come on, man. You can sit here and tell me you're praying about, it, and this is what God wants you to do. I don't believe that for one second. I don't believe it for one second. Cause you look at, you look at biblical, like he didn't do that. Like, and it also says something about your congregation and maybe even you, your personality, your calling to be a pastor. If you can't stay at a church more than six months or a year, probably because God's not in it. Well, that would be a very good indicator. I mean, uh, wouldn't you say if God was in it, that he would work through that, that he would be guiding you and, and securing you? Well, same thing as people getting divorced six months into a marriage. It's like, oh, was this really a divine appointment? Right. Yeah, you know, or was this lust and some old guy who well, had a hot I mean, young actress? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you could get into debates about that too. But yeah, I mean, it's just a society we live in that's messed up like that. The churches are like that. The churches are made up of people. The churches, the pastors are people. You know, it's flawed, 
flawed, flawed. Again, I'm not trying to discourage people. I'm telling you, the questions were posed, what is the problems? These are the problems. And the solution is suck it up. Start putting on your big boy pants. I can probably say that now. I don't know. I'll probably get censored on that, too. <laughs> I got big girl pants, too. And and those pants, to be, what is that, grammatically yeah. correct now? Vase pants? Yeah. Um, so whatever. <laughs> or no pants. Yeah, birthday suit's fine, too. Uh, whatever um, it is. Right. Jokes intended. Hopefully people can understand that and decipher that. But, you know, the bottom line is they need to grow up. They need to deal with these things and take it for what it is. You know, I can understand if somebody was, you know, beating your kids, you know, um, sexually abusing your kids, um, uh, th- things like that. You know, yeah. definitely, it's definitely okay. Like, yeah, there's a there's a line to be drawn here. But, well, I don't like the way that that person, you know, the color they painted out or the tile they picked out or the carpet they picked out. Okay, well, if you don't like it, get on a different committee. <laughs> you know, I mean, like... You know, that's what God wants us splitting hairs over, really. There's people out here, again, biblical, what I said probably 30 minutes ago. There's people out here that's life depending on it, heaven or hell, and you're worried about what color something is. You see, it's flawed, man. It's flawed. We're worried about the color of things, the daycare, the what they're going to play on Sunday morning, the type of what the pastor is going to preach about to what songs they're going to sing. And there's people out here going to hell because you're sitting there bickering stuff about stupid stuff. Yeah. And, and not coming to any kind of a group conclusion, you know, it basically going down to, well, so-and-so is going to throw a fit if this doesn't happen. So we're going to do it. Yeah. Well, Um, they do. And that's what churches have conformed. That's why they've conformed to a lot of the stuff they have is because people pitch a fit about stuff and the churches think they're going to lose their tax rights or their tax exemptions. And then then the preacher's going to have to start paying for stuff and the church is going to have to start paying for stuff like every other place that's not a non-profit. And so they they bow down to it. And I guess for me to kind of wrap up my thoughts on this situation is that there's a reason why people are hesitant to join the church, to become a Christian, and whether it's their own, basically, stubbornness in wanting to exercise their own free will and not change whatever habits or vices that they have in their life, uh, or the other half, which is information overload of all the negativity surrounding religion and church because of society and political times that we live in. And so overall, I would tell any church in today's world, buckle up. Because that's going to be a bumpy ride in trying to get people on to really have faith in the world's future. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be, you know, they're going to have to do a lot more, even to get people in church now, because everything going online. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. It's going to be, it's a it's a start, been a start of a rough road. It's getting harder and harder and harder um, with the way it is. So yeah, you're right. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please make sure that you like, subscribe to our podcast so we can continue to bring you engaging content. Uh, But thank you guys so much for your support. I had a a lot of people commenting, reaching out to me this week about uh, different aspects of last week's show. So I really appreciate that. And uh, if you have any questions, advice, uh, or if you want to connect sometime, just hit me up. Until then, have a great night.